This is episode 35 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by the WCRA. The WCRA $500,000 semifinals will be hosted at the legendary Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma from May 15th to the 19th for your chance to witness one of the biggest rodeos of the year for as low as 10 bucks. Visit WCRARodeo.com. We're back. Who's number 35? Like who's who, who? who wears 35? Do we I wore it. The goalie number of Wacy Anderson, 35. I wore it once. Starting goalie for the Watson Rockets. The Watson Rockets. Go Rockets. Three, oh, two, one, three, two, one blast off. <laughs> Was that a thing? Yeah. Led the league in shutouts for two years too. How many shutouts? Not a big deal. I think How many? the first year I had three and the second year I had two. So it wasn't uh, very many, but more fun, than everybody else. Fun fact. I never got a shutout. Yes, you did. Goalie. Yes, you did. Your shut, your first shutout came when you were playing with the girls last year. <laughs> girls hockey. That's how I got a shutout. Teddy got recruited for girls hockey. Somehow. And you got a shutout. That's how I got a shutout. We've got a special guest in <laughs> studio today. He's taking some photos of the Cowboy Shit Studio. So you guys are going to get to see what we do, where where we live, the house. Is That's a good thing, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Kobe Moore. Photographer extraordinaire. Yeah. What do you, What's your intro? You got an intro for Kobe? Oh, no. Nah, you can't put me on the spot like that now. <laughs> he takes photos, but he might not sell them to you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming at some point today. It's Kobe yeah. Moore. KobeMoore.com. But if you want a t-shirt, he hands those out. He'll, t-shirts and stickers. He'll give you one of those. But not at actual photos. <laughs> According to Monty. just Mon- You yeah. just don't sell it's, photos to Monty. It's, it's funny. It's, it's just funny. Funny just bugging you about it. Is that kind of thing? To tell the truth, I'm real bad at the single sales. I try to work for the bigger groups. I've been I guess. Well, I I've been waiting for a ski race picture <laughs> for about 16 years now. This is only the seventh year of the ski race race. Oh, sorry. Well, it feels False. like 16 False. years. <laughs> Let's talk ski race a little bit. So April 20th, Mount Norquay, Banff. Sponsorship applications are now open. Do you guys... Do you want to give us some stuff? Yeah, we need this, some <laughs> stuff for the silent auction. So if you got an item for the silent auction, let me drop me a line. Let me know. We need... Beer sponsor. Need a beer sponsor? Mostly just for oh, Wacy. There's He's, been some good years with beer sponsors there. Whew. And it's on a Saturday again. So, I mean, that's yeah, a and it's total Easter weekend. Official after party at Wild Bill's Bamp. Yes. Back to Wild Bill's. I just yeah. did the deposit the other day. So, Wild Bill's, we're going to get wild. Man, that, the year you guys had it there the first time, it was so much fun. Yeah. yeah I, had, I had a blast. The band there was amazing. Yeah. It was just all of our, our friends were there having a good time. Like, yeah. it was a yeah, it was blast. A good year. I'm so pumped for that. It's give a, on a Saturday. Give a shout out to a uh, friend of the show, Dave Becker. Dave, I've just had a show there. Oh right, three nights at three Wild nights Bills. At Wild and, Bills, and yeah, hot, hot place. They have a mechanical bull there too. Oh, hopefully they just don't bring. No, that no, out no, that no. Night. no. That okay. could be that could be trouble though. Like you get a full day on Man. the hill and then. The and we're gonna drinks. and like everybody's gonna be pretty sauced because it's gonna be so warm. It's on April. It's the latest we've yeah. ever had it. Well, it's, it's gonna be like, so nice. Could, unreal. Is it gonna be a slush cup situation? Well, I that? think they wanted to do something like that, but we no haven't got in. We haven't got it yet. That would be but badass. It's just gonna be warm because we won't have to wear like your full ski gear. You no. can just like wear some spring you know, skis, some the best, tight man. pants, and some chaps. It's a little different for the guy that doesn't ski yeah, and actually hand. walks up the mountain to take the you'll photos. You'll be sweaty so AF. But yeah, yeah. It's be not like gonna... rainforest sweaty. <laughs> a rainforest. You'll be sweaty. like you'll be like in your birthday suit by the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Kobe well. tarps optional on the <laughs> ski hill taking photos. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so oh fun. no! Oh man! Gonna be a heater of a day. Yeah, so April 20th, 420. I don't know. It's legal now in Canada. It's a real thing, so yeah. that's it, the, It's 420, so I mean, uh, maybe we have a doobie race or something. What do you think? <laughs> the, 
a few years ago, I brought gummy bears. <laughs> the edibles, uh, yeah. The edibles to the old uh, it wild legal, girls man. after party. It Is was that why it was so fun, Wixie? Did you have a gummy bear? <clears throat> no, no, no. You didn't no. get it on the gummy bears? No, no, no. Think, oh, my uh, God. No. <laughs> I don't know how many people it's I like should say. I, I, don't do, I don't do narcotics, yeah. Mom. <laughs> there, there was a Dustin yeah. involved, but it wasn't the Dustin we, we all were thinking of. I don't, I'm, I'm going to say no comment on that. Yeah, no comment. But I heard there was a funny... No comment. Let's talk funny stories about the ski race. You guys just had one about like a rodeo queen got her fucking crown smashed. Oh, man. That's like... The, you were, you saw it firsthand. I mean, I, yeah, it was crazy. So like the way the hill was set up, like it was the train park kind of went right under the main chairlift. So I go and like this is like end of the day. I like my skiing days go like I get more and more confident as the day goes on. And I try crazier stuff, <laughs> like bigger jumps, stupid like just dumb things. What well, does that be trying? Is that like a ratio of how many beers you had to well, like well, your confidence it's not even, level? Uh, well, I think uh, like you get comfortable. Probably. You, you get can be honest. Yeah, you get comfortable on the hill. Then and you, you have a few drinks. You you, yeah, you get a little bit of liquor, <laughs> liquid courage. So you're feeling good. You're like, man, I am the best skier that is ever skied i'm gonna hit this huge jump so i went and i hit this jump because the train I, park's right underneath the lift for anybody that doesn't see yeah this. yeah so like, like if you fuck up you're everybody in front of everyone. everyone sees it yeah so yeah. i'm hitting this jump and i'm going way too fast it's a big jump full so, send and i hit it and i, I miss like the landing like Uh-oh. the nice where you, and i flat foot it and oh, i just no. yard sale everywhere like i lose oh, my no. skis lose my pull my hats oh. crushed like oh, no. it was bad and then so just so happened all the boys were riding up the chairlift too so they saw me and i just getting roasted oh no so i finally get myself all gathered up and kind of back to where i can finish off get back to the to the lift and then a rodeo queen we won't mention her name just for the sake comes flying over this jump and like she did the exact same thing i did i think she's on a snowboard though and she flat foots it too and oh, i no. mean gets wrecked like oh no like, it'd be worse than snowboard too probably oh man it was bad like she Speed like her tied in she lost her hat her crown was like damn near betting too like i was just like <laughs> i just witnessed a death <laughs> on the hill oh no but it was it, she ended up being okay and it was just like i was just like oh my god like this is I was like, are you okay <laughs> but like the crown wasn't the crown bent in half or something oh man it was it was like it dicker. Was like it was yeah. bad like there's no like i don't I, know how she came back from fixing that crown like, i it think was that insane. particular rodeo committee gives their queens a, a crown to keep so hers is she's, mangled it's a probably a little mangled you know, and you know imagine. what it adds a bit of character you see like when like when washington won the cup last year and they're partying on it like they literally bent the cup from doing keg stands on the cup. Like, really? Yeah, they had to like they, they made a rule with the Stanley Cup. Now you can't do like the the cup stands or whatever you call really? it. Really? Yeah, because they like they wrecked the hell out of it. Like it was well, they bent. have a couple. Like the original one's still at the Hall of Fame, and there's like a, du- a double. Wait, the doubles, the, the doubles, the one at the Hall of Fame. Like they have the actual. Cup. No way. Yeah, that, the one. At the yeah, Hall of and they wrecked it. Yeah. Yeah, they had to oh, they had to geez. do repairs on it. Like it, when oh. it wasn't obviously it wasn't the first time they've had to do repairs on the cup from those guys partying. Like yeah. everybody's done crazy stuff with it, but like the like the Give it to they showed pictures and... they showed pictures of the rim of it and it was like fucked like it was crazy. Oh no! So, anyways, well, but the actual actual cup is still at the Hall of Fame. No, it's a du- it's a du- no. it's all those trophies aren't the real tro- oh, aren't no, the real but, cups. No, but the actual cup is like in the vault. Like the one on the Stanley Cup is a is a replica of the of the original original. Yeah, one. but the one they give out to the players is the real cup, not like, from like the very very original. Yeah, they just add rings on it, man. They keep taking. No, rings look at off the go look at the Hall of Fame story though. I, I don't know, man. I know the actual. Very, very original cup. Like that was the first one that ever went around. Was is it's in the vault at the Hall of Fame. Like I just saw it like one? two years ago. The little tiny, like yeah, just yeah, the top, no. just the yeah, cup. Yeah, that yeah, that one's there. Yeah, yeah, that one's not attached. But like to the, the, like the, le- the legit cup that they hand yeah, out to the players. That, yeah. Like Fair. not the one that sits in the Hall of Fame. Like the Fair. the actual cup that they yeah, play not for. Not the one you can get pictures with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
take. End of story. Taken. But anyways, anyways, that was a race. funny story. Will there be awards for best rec this year? Do oh, think? obviously. Yeah. Every time. Best rec. Get on best dress. Best dress. Write a note here. What a, so then you emails. got a downhill buckle for the big race. Yeah. Courtesy of Montana Silversmiths. Mm-hmm. Always made by Montana. I wish. Silversmiths. I, ho- I wish that we could do the same head-to-head races that we did in Lake Louise, like with the with the more like the snowcross course instead of just like the slaloms. Well, if you want to organize it, you can. No, I'm just I'm just throwing this idea out there. I just want there Man, to be I've been, sweet jumps. I've been trying to help you guys with sponsorship, so don't say I've been doing nothing. I, I will agree. I yeah. just want there to be sweet jumps on whatever is created. Yeah. From a photo perspective, when uh, cowboys and skis wrecks. go, you know, kicking up. The- I think my highlight last year, one of the highlights was Brinson. Oh, man. Oh, I was so, to so, so was funny. Just about it and oh, just man. trying out. It was so great. funny. He didn't get wrecked too bad, did he? No, he was going too slow. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so he had the other, he was pizzaing too much. It was not enough. Oh, man, he totally pizzaed the whole time. It was great. Did he? Didn't he win his first race, though? He looked like Bambi. It was hilarious. Put him up against. I think he won his first like heat like the solemn race against a kid. It wasn't. Yeah, it? yeah. He did have to go down twice. Yeah, he did it. He, yeah. he did win. Yeah. So like kudos to him. And now you got to throw a shout out to Bryce West. The previous year, he was oh, also yeah. a struggler on the uh, on, oh, the, man, on the board. Snowboard. The first year I ever came to the ski race when it was still in Lake Louise, I was went like Brant Jones and uh, Todd yeah. Cutowitz, all those boys were there, and it was Brant's first time on skis ever. Yeah. So like we're at Lake Louise, a pretty good hill. Yeah. And like we're going shredding, and Brant just like smokes a tree. Like just <laughs> he can't. He had no. Couldn't use his edges. Like it was so funny, man. Like that. So that's the kind uh, of stuff you see at the ski race. It's like, such a good time, happens. man. Yeah. Cowboy had a happens. stag there one year. Yeah, at, yeah. At Norquay, like, because it's like it's Banff. It's April. Like that was the last year we had it on awesome. uh, on a Saturday. Yeah, when we had it at Wild Bill's. Probably like, twenty seventeen. The, the, yeah, the, the Venture Boys were out. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh yeah. So we're back, April twentieth. But hey, let's get to the show this week. We've got Scott Davis from the WCRA. He's the vice president. Scott's done so many cool things in the in in Western sports and the Western lifestyle industry. He's our guest this week. And it's presented once again by the WCRA, the World Champions Rodeo Alliance. So here we go. Scott's coming up next. You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by the WCRA. The top names in Western sports will go head to head for their share of $1 million in prize money at the WCRA's Title Town Stampede, a one day, $1 million major rodeo in Green Bay's Recenter on June 1st. Advanced tickets are now available at Ticketstar. Com. Got our guest on the line. He's the vice president of the World Champions Rodeo Alliance. Today, calling in from Llano, Texas, it's Scott Davis. Scott, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Stayed out a little late. I was at a show uh, of Core Blunds last night in Banff. Got home like 1.30 or something, and Wacey was skiing yesterday. And then I played hockey. Oh, then he played hockey. I didn't yeah, know that we only had, We only had six guys show up to the game, too, so it was Ooh, a battle. That's rough. I was in rough shape afterwards. So that's what we've been up to. What have you been up to? What's what are you, what's keeping you busy, and what are you doing in your spare time? Uh, most recently, I was actually down at, at Rodeo Houston this okay. weekend and saw a portion of the final round. I had some, some activations down there with uh, Crown Royal. We were doing some some rider appearances at a, at a few places down there. So I had to be down there over the weekend and might have left there with a little Rodeo Houston bug. But oh. uh, so I'll try to keep my throat clear as we, we visit today anyway. Did you get to see George Strait last night with like 80,000 of your friends? No, you know, I didn't. But I did get, I was asked to participate in the award ceremony at the shootout down there at Houston. And a number of my friends also let me know that during the George Strait concert, I guess they replayed a lot of that. So, so I didn't get to see George, 
but I hear I made the big screen. So that was, uh, I had a bunch of high school buddies. I grew up down there. So yeah. I caught a lot of flack for being on the big screen during the show there. <laughs> I couldn't believe the transformation of that arena to go from rodeo arena to that scale of a concert overnight. It was pretty remarkable. Pretty amazing that, you know, I want to say that's like several acres of dirt. You know, I think as you guys are familiar with the bull riding arenas and as I am as well, the, you know, it, you can't quite get the size. I mean, they, they probably don't have any trouble getting large equipment into that building, yeah. but it's a feat. I want to say that rodeo probably ended about five or six o'clock and then to get that infrastructure down and out of there and be set up for that concert is pretty amazing. Is that something new to do that concert on Sunday night like that? Well, I guess rodeo ends on Sunday usually, but sometimes you guys have a shootout on the Sunday too. Like it's a bit of a different, well, yeah, different that, this time. Yeah, over the years, it's it, it, mostly here recently. I think they did that a couple of years ago with George Strait when, ironically, he was doing that uh, farewell tour. Yeah, but. Then they decided to have him back. You know, last year, I think Garth opened that show and then closed it. And then they bumped the shootout up earlier in the run of rodeo so they could clean it out and have that concert on Sunday, which I'm sure they probably had 80,000 people in there. There's no telling. Yeah, it was a new um, record. So yeah, yeah pretty, pretty interesting how they can adjust their rodeo and their format and so on and so forth to accommodate doing stuff like that. It's pretty unique. Houston's kind of an anomaly to just about anywhere you go in the rodeo business. What did you think about it being co-sanctioned with the PRCA this year? You know, I think that there's a lot to look at around that. You know, what I think is great about it, watch those folks win 50000 on Saturday, and the fact that that counts, I think is a blessing for the rodeo industry. And our recent efforts with WCRA, as I'm sure we'll you know talk more about as we visit this morning, we've attempted to get both our semifinals in Guthrie as well as Green Bay sanctioned. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to, to come to terms yet, but I think it's great. It's great for Cowboys. Everything that's happening in the rodeo business right now is good for Cowboys. And some way, shape, or form, that's what I've been trying to do every day I wake up, right? And so I think collectively as an entire work, just the fact that, that the guys get to ride and run for more money, you know, hopefully there'll be a day when it all counts. Well, and we're going to talk WCRA. That's the biggest part of this show this morning. But I wanted to speak with you about some of the things that you've done in, over the years and things you've created in, the, in, in your experience in this business. So I want to start with, I guess, the first endeavor on the business side of things. Well, you know, you, you said earlier it was while you were still competing, but let's talk Buckers Inc. and RSR and the whole registry that became what we know now as the ABBI. Sure. That was a pretty fun time. You know, I was in college. I was actually, I competed in college and a couple of years professionally in uh, bareback riding, mostly the bull riding, but I rode bareback horses as well. I wasn't very good at either one, just good enough to, to not have too many terrible injuries, but I helped pay for college. And I, I was actually saw an ad in the pro sports news for Buckers Inc. You could buy the the bucking bull semen. And I thought it was genius. And long story short, that ad resulted in a relationship with Bob Tallman, who was operating Buckers and the Rodeo Stock Registry. And I just thought it was a genius idea to make this bucking bull semen, this high caliber bucking bull semen available to the general public. Let's face it, there's a lot more guys like me who love the sport but 
can't quite compete at that professional level and to allow them to pursue the side of the industry from a livestock standpoint, I thought was awesome. In 97, we bought some cows. I think by 98, I was working for Tallman and we were able to build that business in 2004. We went out and we had a fraternity during the PBR World Finals and Shortly thereafter, the PBR actually acquired the rodeo stock registry from Bob, and it has gone on. I had an opportunity at the time to go to work for PBR, and then I chose not to. At the time, I just didn't feel like moving to Colorado was the right thing for me to do. It's funny how life works. But uh, but needless to say, PBR was able to take the ABBI and, and go do great things with it. And hundreds of thousands, or I guess over the years, millions and millions of dollars have been spent and earned in the bucking bull industry. And it's just, it's pretty cool to sit back and think that I was in the proposing the first bucking bull fraternity that had ever been held and people will look at us like we were crazy and now it's built into the the side industry that it's become of the bull riding world pretty cool well way cool and we talked a little bit about this earlier and 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 casey duggan actually you you know casey where where do you know casey from originally would you know him from some bad company stuff or where would you come yeah i knew i knew him all the way back to the bad company days i was rodeoing in south texas and mac and his crew were they would put you know i can remember showing up to a a youth rodeo and uh, i can't remember off the top of my head now where it was but bulls like taking care of business and obviously his, you know, connection to Lane Frost and stuff like that. But like literally they would have some of those youth rodeos the weekend before a big rodeo or whatever. And I can remember tying my rope on the fence and and just praying that it wasn't going to be one of those caliber bulls that I got (laughs) on. I knew Casey from the Bad Company days and Bad Company was pretty popular down in South Texas. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and Casey was the one that reminded me about that part of your career before we were going to do this show and whatnot. But I, I just learned a lot more, too. And, you know, that you had that opportunity. And it kind of brings me to a thought that, like, throughout your career, do you regret not, not taking that move to, to Colorado with the PBR at that point? Or, or do you have any other regrets that way? I'm, I'm curious, just business-wise and life-wise. Like, I'm, I'm interested that way. I'm a firm believer that, that everything happens for a reason. And the, and the timing wasn't just right there now. You know, it's it's kind of funny that later in life, I had a stint where I was actually in Pueblo and I would ride by the PBR office and wonder, you know, what would have happened had I come over then. Randy Bernard offered me a great opportunity, but I didn't want to move. And, and I think, you know, it's just still pretty special. I'm pretty proud of what the PBR has done with the ABBI. And it was a point in time where it was, a, it was necessary for someone else to, to take it from us to expand it into what it is today. And and I'm just glad that it has and that it did. Looking back on it, my affinity, bull riding was always important to me, but I had a couple of other experiences in life that it just, you know, led me more towards rodeo than just bull riding. And so for that matter, and for where I am today, helping the WCRA effort, it, it all sits fine with me. I've, I've been very blessed and had a lot of opportunities to be on the front end of a variety of initiatives that, that affect the rodeo business. And that's just one big blessing. We're going to get into WCRA stuff here next, but I, I want to touch on some acting and some, some singing before we get to that. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, we'll we'll keep that that pretty brief. I I, <laughs> I, just, uh, I had a lot of wishful thinking and singing and songwriting. And that time when I was working for for Tallman in the Fort Worth area, I spent quite a bit of time hanging out in a few honky tonks and writing some music and playing a little bit. That also led to, you know, a few talent contests. And, you know, I was always close, kind of like bull riding. I was always close, but I never just could get over that last hump uh, in music and songwriting. But that was a pretty important part of my life. My dad was in a gospel quartet as long as I can remember. And I always enjoyed singing and writing, but I never, the performing side of it, I enjoyed the writing and the creation part of it a lot more. Pam Minnick, who you guys obviously probably know through, you know, her fame in the rodeo industry, was a mutual friend. And one time she called me and said, I have some guys that are casting for a commercial. And so I I went to this casting call. Well, turns out it was for a Dodge commercial. And then I actually got one of the parts and I've got my my union, my SAG card. And and I continue to dabble in that a little bit. I've never had a role quite like that Dodge commercial in 08, but it's even trickled down to my wife does some modeling and and my 20-month-old daughter has actually done some acting last fall in a bank commercial. But anyway, just things like that are just, they're, they're a lot of fun and it exposes you to new things. And I have a bad problem saying no, and I have a bad problem looking at something and say, I think that's a bad idea. I've just always approached it like, you know what? I have no idea. Let's give it a whirl. I think it'll work. And and we just try it and you work at it and, and it, it just broadens your life life's experiences. How does a 20-month-old act? <laughs> you know, actually, it's it's it's, it's probably must be a great role. She was in a playpen and whatever part of the, the, it was a financial institution. I don't, I don't think they've actually put the commercial out yet, but a a mom actor just went and picked her up out of the playpen. And so it's a pretty small part, but pretty easy for her. She didn't cry, I hear. So (laughs) I'm hoping the spot turned out pretty good. Let's talk WCRA now. I want to talk about the journey into that though. With your company, Western Unlimited, like you maintain the partnerships for the CBR and you've executed over $2.6 million in partnership contracts for them. And that was from 07 to 2012. And then I believe not long after that, you went over to the ERA. From the ERA is now turned into the WCRA in a different format. Is that all correct? Sort of? That is correct. And so uh, in in about, I want to say it was 2007 or so, I was going through a bit of a trying time in my life and actually just got, I, I knew a bunch of the guys, Terry Williams and Tuff Edeman at that point in time were leading the efforts with the CBR. And I always had a knack for sales and I, I took a kind of just a long shot opportunity there. I always enjoyed what the product and the people that were around that property. And we went out and we did some deals. And and back in, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, you know, their bull riding was exploding in popularity. And there was room for that outfit. And I worked there and we just tried to go do good things and we tried to put on good bull ridings and and give guys money. And but that's really where I cut my teeth on the sponsorship side of the business, which led into my agency. 
around 2009, 10, I was at a rodeo. It was, you know, it was the middle of the night, the slack, it was raining. And I remember watching, for some reason, I remember vividly Cody Ull, but there, there were a couple of really big name calf ropers and they were, you know, competing in the pouring rain and the mud and the middle of the night. And, and I just thought to myself that, you know, they were probably there by choice, but I, I just knew that I felt like the rodeo business could be better. And that's when I really started taking a liking to what, what can I do to help the rodeo business be better? That led to involvement with Cinch and their efforts in the shootouts, as well as a group of larger rodeos at the time that we're trying to potentially, including Calgary. You guys are very familiar with Calgary, a great bunch of people that work there. But but there was probably six or eight rodeos that at the time were trying to to work on this shootout series, which involved the team concept with each of the rodeos champions, that kind of stuff. But trying to develop a television property. The short part is that that put me into the rodeo business and and that effort never really got off the ground. In fact, one of the key pieces was the year that it flooded in Calgary. We had a significant amount of momentum with that shootout series and Calgary was obviously, along with Rodeo Houston, one of the larger players in that effort. And then it flooded that year. And just the momentum that we had going was sort of put on the back burner as Calgary tried to get everything right that summer. And really after that, the the snowball just kind of melted and it didn't really get anywhere. That then led to just my familiarity in the rodeo space had grown. I was connected to several of the athletes that began the, the, the ERA process. And I felt like my role to date, I had been involved on the sponsor side with Cinch trying to foster these bigger events or this series of events. And I had a very short role with a group of rodeos or properties that were trying to make improvements. Both of those, you know, didn't fail, but they, they didn't quite get up in the air like we'd wanted to see them. So when the athletes were making an effort to make the sport better, I thought then maybe this would be the opportunity to do so. You know, we did a lot of very interesting things as a part of that ERA project. And to some degree or another, these outside influences, they make the the rodeo industry what it is today. So as I've always said, as long as rodeo is getting better, then we're winning. doesn't matter what angle or what entity, or if you're able to influence the industry and the industry gets better, then everybody wins. I've been having this thought since we've been doing this show already here that there's a show idea that we have from a friend. It's called The Panel. Where there's a few of us and we have a have a panel that's in front of a panel. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's sponsored by WW or Preferred or somebody like that someday. But sure. I thought I just the conversation and, and your insights like I think it'd be really cool to have a, a pan, have you on a panel the discussion panel. some on the panel. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would love to do it. I, I, as I've said before, I just been, I can, you know, the experiences that I've had over the years and the people that I've been able to meet, for the most part, everybody wants to see the industry get better. You know, anything that I can be involved with that does that, you know, I'm up for it. 
I think you're totally right. And it, it just been in the rodeo business, there's been, or, and still today and in Canada, like everywhere, everywhere it's so, it's so fragmented and fractured. And we talked with Bobby about this a couple of weeks ago now on the last show. What, like what I see it, having the potential to do is bring everything under one roof, which has never happened before. Was that the original idea of it or, or, or just tell me what the original insight and kind of the original idea was and how it was created. I'm curious about how it all works that way. Well, you know, obviously some of the previous efforts, we gained an understanding that sometimes you can create a situation where everything just is so polarizing, right? Like, so when we looked at, at this effort and, and opening this opportunity, we wanted something where the, the thought process was to avoid polarizing anybody or any discipline or any certain level of player or whatever else. What if we could create a situation where everybody could participate? Like, what does that truly look like? What if you competed in a 40 jackpot barrel race and it counted for something else? What if you competed in the Reno Rodeo or the American or some of the biggest platforms ever and it counted for something else? And so uh, on the surface, I likened our effort to introducing this point system and so forth. I've always likened it to the world golf ranking. The world number one in golf is determined and considered basically everywhere that guy plays golf, right? And so the world number one in golf isn't necessarily the number one guy in the PGA. A lot of times it is, right? But then other times these guys are playing elsewhere that it's not under the PGA banner and the world golf ranking, you know, appreciates that for them. So the the entire concept was let's not be polarizing. Let's create something where everybody can play. You know, we, the modern rodeo athlete, you know, that's kind of, that's our focus. That's our customer. The modern rodeo athlete, the majority does not compete. You know, they, for instance, the average pro athlete in PRCA competition or 80% of them actually, more than the, the majority competes at 30 events or less a year. And so that means that that guy is not going to 80 or 100 or that group is the minority, right? So how can we create a system where we can give the modern day rodeo athlete an opportunity to run at more money? And that's literally how we got where we are today. Further down the line, is the vision or do you see it do you see the WCRA being being the like the the overall being over everything, or or do you guys probably don't really want to get into the rodeo? What do you what do you call administration? It? Administration. You don't want to be an administration company, but you kind of trying to find the right words for it here. But it just seems like there it's something bigger. And and one thing that Bobby mentioned before too was that you guys are disrupting the whole industry, and it's it's a totally different beast, you guys are agile enough that you can do it and you can go different ways and, and be innovative and do different things. Well, and I, I think that's, you know, we get up every day and we just sort of, we ask ourselves, how can we challenge the way it's always been done? When you look at, at some of the most successful companies in the history of business outside of sports, a company like Apple, I always refer to them because they said, how do we take 10,000 songs and put them in your pocket? And, and they, they created the iPod 
right? They, they didn't just take a Walkman and make it better. They approached it completely differently and said, and, and I, I liken that to what we're doing because we said, this guy who, who really only goes to 30 rodeos or less a year, but he's obviously team roping and other jackpots. He might be participating in the World Series of team roping or the USTRC. How can we take his performance collectively and award him or reward him and give him additional opportunities that he wouldn't normally have an opportunity to do so. So we don't necessarily get up every day and say, what does rodeo look like in 20 years and who's in charge? That's not our approach at all. Our approach is how can we help this modern day athlete get more opportunities? And and so the first way that we did that is to create the virtual rodeo qualifier and give the cowboy an opportunity to basically count the rider run that they're about to make for more than just that moment. And essentially, they double down with a nomination fee so that we can track how they've done and and give them an opportunity for a for a large purse event. I want to touch on the on the business model. I'm wondering how things are going that way and what it looks like. Well, you know, we had obviously when when we launched in May, you know, what we were doing was was so different. And it was so different that it it was very difficult for us to figure out how to explain it the right way. And so we knew that when we launched, we would have you guys probably in a in a business fashion. You're you're familiar with what they call a bell curve, you know. And and right when you get going, you have those innovators, the people that immediately adopt something that's new and innovative, the people that stood in line and camped on the sidewalk to get the first iPhone or things like that, right? You have people that are immediately going to buy in, and then you have this group of early adopters as you move up the curve. So so I think we're sort of in that early adopter phase right now where people are starting to understand as we went through our first segment and we had our first semifinals and we could use that as an example, right? Because it was, as we launched, it was difficult for us to explain the scenarios that we knew would unfold. But then as they have happened, there's those stories that we knew would occur, the stories that we had no idea would occur, but we're now able to use those stories as examples. You know, the the breakaway roping is a really easy one, but that discipline has exploded as of late with its new acceptance in, in our system and with the inclusion of the American and places like that. But we did well going into our first segment and our first major as far as participation. And I'll say this, we're, we're running over 50% increases on play, nominations, registrations. It's going really, really well. And I think as people start to see more of our, our proof of concept, if you will, we believe that this system is a place where everyone can play. So Scott, you guys have already paid out over $3 million to rodeo athletes, and there's another million-dollar rodeo coming up here soon in Green Bay. Let's let's talk what's going on right now. Well, I think that you know we're in our second segment. You know, that's something that, that I'll elaborate on in a minute. But but one thing that we've added, the, the Utah Time Event Classic, which is the first weekend in May, that is going to serve as what we're calling our Western quarterfinals, where 51 through 100 on the leaderboard will have an isolated opportunity to throw down amongst themselves. And if you pick up a, 
a check in, in Heber City first weekend of May. You get to join the top 50 at the $500,000 semifinals in Guthrie. And then we'll take the top eight out of there and they will be joined with champions from Chicago and the days of 47 last summer. And we'll throw down in Green Bay. We're, we're pretty excited about Chicago and Green Bay aren't necessarily markets that we've catered to in the past from a Western lifestyle and rodeo standpoint. So we're excited about going to those markets. And we've had some really good uh, early ticket numbers at Green Bay for the title pound stampede. So we're, we're pretty stoked about uh, going up there to Wisconsin and, you know, and having that major event there to, to cap off this segment. And let's talk about what your promise is to the to the athletes and what looks like that way. I want I want to know kind of that in well, that direction. I, I think you know if you look organizationally at, at rodeo in history, it's been basically operated by organizations um, that are that are groups of membership, if you will, associations. And one other key difference is, as I said a few minutes ago, our customer is the athlete. So. We're interested in providing them with the mo- most unique opportunity, right? We talked earlier about trying to create a place where anyone and everyone can compete. We talked about the WCRA platform as being the straightest path for pure talent to compete in large payout events. But most importantly, in doing all of this, we want to maintain the competitive integrity of what we're doing, right? Anyone can play as you lead up to a quarterfinal or a semifinal event, but your level of play in those moments will advance you. And it doesn't matter if you have four world championship buckles hanging on your belt or if you're 18 and the newest sensation to to hit the dirt, right? Anyone, if you can win, you can advance. And so, so I think that maintains the competitive integrity. We've instituted advancements like replay challenge. We've done some things, you know, I noticed that uh, San Antonio this year they allowed the guys to draft in the rough stock events. We've instituted some athlete stock selection with the way that we're pooling and advancing out of pools. And we're trying to get those cattle and the horses to create the most level playing field possible. And performance earns additional opportunities from there. You know, I think Bobby spoke to this before. But at our semifinals, we have jackpots ahead of the actual preliminary rounds of competition where we basically, you know, that's where I liken what we're doing to golf as well. At, at our major events, we let, we have an open arena. We let everybody run at the barrier and determine the score and those types of things. I'm not all that familiar with timed events. But, you know, in the PGA, the guys get to show up Tuesday or Wednesday and play those practice rounds and sort of determine how they want to approach the course once the tournament begins. And so we feel like we're we're trying to maintain the best opportunity for the athlete to be successful. And then finally, I think we put a cap on that with our showdown round format, where at the major event, all of this for months in this segment has led to a quarterfinal and a semifinal. And then they all throw down in the major. And then the final two guys get to fight it out just in a one header. It's not a winner take all, but it's obviously it pays very well to both first and second. But 
it all comes down basically to two guys. The beauty of what we're doing is, is then everybody's at zero and we start another segment, right? It doesn't matter if you're a full-time professional or if you're competitive in summertime because you have a full-time job, you know, or, you know, with each of these segments starting over again throughout a calendar year, it just provides everybody a new opportunity. And then finally, I would say in comparison to some of the other competitive properties, if you will, we feel like the virtual rodeo qualifier is a reasonable investment for the opportunity that you can win. And, you know, we have those uh, championship exemptions where each major, if you, if you beat everybody, you get a chance to come to another one unencumbered. So, Overall, I hope that we can just continue to maintain our mission and and know that our efforts are good and they're providing a lot of opportunity and we're just looking forward to everybody playing. Look, I want to put a put a cap on that by saying what we do as a platform or a series of events, it doesn't disturb the existing pursuits of world championships and things like this. This is a voluntary opt-in opportunity for athletes to win a ton of money and doesn't disturb a pursuit of a world championship. Scott, I think the last thing we got to ask is what your definition of cowboy shit is. <laughs> cowboy shit. Um, you know, it depends on what day, right? No, I, I think, uh, you know, for me, that's evolved over time. I think that the root of it, though, is a thought process that maybe that can't be done. You know, I bet, I bet you can't stay on him for eight seconds. You know, I bet you can't rope him in time faster than I can. For me, I think it, it almost boils down to I bet you can't. And, and I have, you know, obviously, if you guys learned over this conversation, I've heard, I bet that won't work. And that's not a good idea. I've, I've heard that a lot in my life. And maybe I've just applied my cowboy shit and I've taken a swing at it anyway. Maybe I guess it's all just a part of trying to do what they say can't be done. He's one of the greatest minds and influencers in Western lifestyle sports and Pleasure to have you on the show today here, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time. Absolutely. I've really enjoyed this with you guys and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're a pretty important, important part of influencing the industry as well. It's been fun. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thanks, look, Scott. Look forward to catching up with you again here sometime soon too. Yeah, absolutely. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by the World Champions Rodeo Alliance. Once again, thanks to Scott Davis for being on the show this week, it's our 35th episode already. We've had a lot of great guests on the show, but I was really, really... I've had trouble with words this Intrigued? Morning. Teddy's having a tough time I've been, yeah, putting words I was together. intrigued, and I was, I was really engaged in the conversation. Yeah, one, one of Scott's, I want to say, maybe motto or like a, a tagline of his is, is engaging Western lifestyles. And I was completely engaged today by that conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked kind of like rodeo federations at different points and like big ideas. And one of the things we want to see happen is see things go to the next level and see things kind of get back under one umbrella. And Kobe, you listen to the whole show here today too. Their vision on this is incredible. Yeah. It's crazy to see trailblazers in this sport coming forward and actually... Kobe kinda, really wanted to change I wanted to say trailblazers. Got it. They're... You know, that's that's really what they are. It's uh, a lot of forward thinking in the sport. It's been maybe the word stagnant's a little aggressive for a guy like me coming into 
the sport and only being here for well, shorter, you've been around like 10 years almost now. almost a decade now but like it's just not nothing's really been changing and seeing the wcra yeah. even that era effort prior yeah. they probably learned a whole ton about what they need to be doing in these things and and yeah they're i think they're going places it's cool to see the vrq system talking to cole ashbacker medicine yeah. lodge last year he could just you know jump on his phone nominate his matchup that day good matchup let's chuck it at the wcra opportunity mm-hmm. and, and and make one of those qualifiers mm-hmm. and i believe he ended up going to got three yeah last yeah, he year did. he was down there yeah yeah, yeah. and and I think off of a, I'm not sure what these guys have to pay on that VRQ, but it can't be too, too much. You, yeah. You know, it's, it's but yeah, it'd be a worthwhile investment, right? Absolutely. Have your chance at that kind of money. Well, and ultimately, ultimately, I think that's what rodeo needs to do to survive. I think is like, you look at all the major, like the big four sports or whatever, like everything yeah. kind of runs. NHL has the NHL, the yeah. AHL, they get their prospects WHL, from, get their prospects from the CHL leagues, and yeah. out and out in Europe. Like, I mean, we don't have a junior league right now. Like no. high school rodeo is kind of like that, but like, yeah. It's a mess. But you, you, but no. you would, but you could say that your junior, like just for rodeo, like your junior league could be your amateurs. Yeah, but you still don't have a spot for the kids. Where do I? No. Where do our bull riders that are like? Yeah, that'd be your, after between steer riding and bull riding age. It's really fucking rogue right oh, now. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah right. For sure. like, there's no pro level. Like once I saw pro rodeos when I was a steer rider, I could give a fuck to go back to the amateurs. Yeah, no, and no offense to those guys. No. But, once no. I had rode at the Pinocchio Stampede when I was like 14, I fucking loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I won't ride anywhere yeah, no. else. But like, that's what I'm trying to say is like, you got to find a way to make that. We need that, that work. League, yeah. It was like, even like when I was done riding junior bulls in the CCA, I had to go get on open bulls when I was 16 years old. Which is fucked up too. It's insane. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's what it's going to take for rodeo to like really take off. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you a chance to like, you, you see in the, like with NHL going back to that, it's like you, you, you meet these kids are in there in Bantam yeah. and you follow their career all the way, way through junior see, and stuff. And it's, it's crazy. And that, you can build storylines for that to get yeah. fans and like it's, that exists in rodeo. They're just, it's not actually streamlined and it's not under one roof, not, but not really drawn out. Yeah. Not really drawn out how the path is supposed to be for you guys that, yeah. that, come up and and when it's so self-guided you can end up anywhere and, and everyone uh-huh. wants to be on the t- on top but uh doesn't always work that way yeah well thanks kobe for joining us today thank you thanks way you know you got a big day today here too so that's gonna wrap up episode number 35 this has been cowboy shit with ted stoven Wacy anderson and kobe moore thanks again to the wcra for presenting this episode episode 36 coming up in april bye this was episode 35 of cowboy shit with ted and Wacy, which is brought to you by the world champions rodeo alliance